0: On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Welcome to Setting the Captives Free, Session 9. Let me remind everybody, we've been talking about Luke 4, 18 to 19, where Jesus is, he quotes out of Isaiah, what we are saying, his job description, basically, He set the captives free. We were captive by sin and Jesus came to set us free. But not just sin, he came to heal us, deliver us, and to really help us to be free of any form of bondage that would keep us enslaved so that we could be who he created us to be and we get to represent him. So the premise of everything we're talking about is that we get to join him in his ministry of setting the captives free. So when we talk about talking about this being used of Him, God, she wants us to, to be used. The one issue that we keep addressing is the fact that I can only help people to the degree that I have received His ministry into my life. So He told the disciples, said, Freely you've received, so freely you give. So we want God to do a work in our lives so that we can help others. Once it's real to me, I can make it real to somebody else. So this particular session, we're talking about breaking curses. Again, sometimes that word curse bothers people. You can call it the sins of the forefathers. I want to try to help us walk through this and see how this applies in our life and how we can begin to identify things that shouldn't be in our lives so we can help others identify them and we can help them get free. This is Exodus 20, verse 1 through 6. It said, God spoke all these words, and I am the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in earth beneath, or that's in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Interesting passage recognized that we're not under a curse today because of what Jesus has come to do, but we must understand the connection to our family. When you talk about three or four generations back in my family, I'm talking about 30 people. So I've got my parents and I've got my grandparents and I've got my great-grandparents Well, the reality is, is that so much today, we we don't even know really a lot about our own parents, much less our grandparents, uh, much less our great-grandparents. So we have no real idea of what's really gone on in our generations. All through the Old Testament, God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The point being is that we are connected to our family, whether we like it or we don't. So what happens is, is that... When there are generational things, curses, we call them, bloodline curses, things from our ancestors, they're really passed down to us. It's like we've inherited them. We inherit very various characteristics of our family. But the fact is, is that sometimes these things are not good, and we accept them as normal because we don't even recognize that it's something abnormal. And so it's a, really, it's when you talk about iniquity, you're not talking about just missing the mark or little sin here, a little sin there. We're talking about a a complete bent toward perversity, rebellion. So we're not talking about just a a casual thing, like, oh my gosh, got to be worried about every little thing. No, we're talking about a, a pattern of behavior that is truly contrary to God. That's what is passed down through the generations. Why this is so deceptive is because a lot of times you can say, well, I, there's a pattern in my life that I don't know where it came from. I don't really see it in my parents, but what we don't realize is that a lot of times it's still in the family line. And so, what we want to do in in understanding of this whole deal is recognizing that well, how we can begin to recognize this sinful behavior in our own life may be a result of something that some our ancestors did, and we're not going to blame our parents or grandparents. For what went on in our life or what's going on in our life. But we need to understand that's an open door for the enemy to work into our lives. Let me say again we're a product of our family, whether you like it or not. We are clearly connected to our our uh, parents and grandparents and great grandparents. We are a product of them. We are, and say it this way their behavior does affect us. And it, because it helps us to be, it, well, it shouldn't help us, it pre-programs us sometimes in a negative way. So that's what we're talking about here. So here's indications of a curse. Again, everything is not a curse, but if there's patterns of behavior and things that have consistently happened in you and your family's life, you might say, wait a minute, what is that? Well, that could be something that you've inherited, and it could be something that we don't have to. Jesus became a curse for us. We'll look at that in a minute. But if there's mental or emotional breakdown in your family, and you know, I've heard people say, well, you know we just this the Jones family has a lot of problems with this. We always are struggling with this or depression or kinds of things like that, you ought to, that ought to be a cue to go, wait a minute, help me understand that that could be a generational sins of the forefathers working down through you. Again, what that means is you're more pre-programmed to act and to allow that behavior to happen in your life. So if there's mental or emotional breakdowns on a consistent basis, what about chronic sicknesses? I hear people say, well, you've know, inherited this. It's a, uh, I don't even know what it is, but this, the, the Smith family always has these kinds of problems. Uh, well, well, why? Is there a heredity issue? Is there something there? Listen, we can be free of that, and we can help others get free of that. A lot of times, reproductive problems, problems in getting pregnant, having children, man, that can be a curse. Now, again, please hear me. Not every problem that we encounter means that we have a curse, but it could be. That's all we're saying. What about marriage problems and family problems? Lots of divorces in a family. A lot of times you'll trace that back and you begin to realize, well, wait a minute, that why Why is that going on in this family? Why does this family not have a lot of problems in divorce and all of a sudden this family over here has just a history of nothing but broken marriages and broken families? Hmm, could that be that there's something that come down through the generations to you? Could be. Financial problems. Now, obviously, if we're not tithing and giving and putting God first in our money, there's gonna be a personal problem that we have. But what about problems. This family is always, I, I hear people say, well, you know, my grandfather did this and he lost everything. And then my, my father did this and he lost everything. And then I've done this and I've lost everything. Wait a minute. What's going on there? Why are we predetermined or predisposed to following the same patterns that we see? That's that's what I'm talking about. It could be a curse, a suicide, unnatural death, uh, anything at all that would come and cause us to uh, to have these these issues in our life. Those can, because it's a demonic spirit, but it could be also a curse. Uh, being accident prone, uh, lots of accidents. You know, this family always has lots of accidents. Car accidents, boating accidents, falling. Uh, just things that's like, wait a minute, why is that going on? Why are there so many accidents? Could be that there's a curse working in our life. Hey, I've got some others here: anger and unforgiveness, uh, patterns that are in your life of just you've inherited those things. Uh, passivity. I've heard people say, "Well, you know, they're just they just let things happen. Just let things happen. We we the uh, the the family just let things happen." Well, okay, that could be good. It could be a a a curse. Addictions. A lot of addictions that we deal with. Uh, today we think was well, just me and my little world. Well, it could be that there's a curse of addiction working down through the family line. Uh, there's lots of things that that we could look at. So the point is, is that when you're talking to somebody, when I'm talking to somebody now, I can, I just pick up right off. You know, wow, I know that's something working in their life. It's not good. Um, I'm not looking to try to be a a counselor. But I just hear those things. I hear, we were, years ago when it first really hit me and understood this is that I was talking to a friend and we were in our home on a Wednesday night and he said, I've got to go because my wife's got migraine headaches and she's got a migraine headache and we need to go. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, you know, I want to pray for her before we leave. He says, okay. I said, just made the comment. I said, Does she get them often? I wasn't doing anything, just casual conversation. He, he said, Yes, she gets them all the time. And her mother has migraine headaches, and her grandmother has migraine headaches. I'm going, Okay, <laughs> flag, hello. Uh, do you realize that that may be a curse working in her life? He's like, What, what are you talking about? You know, migraine headache. Well, we were able to pray for her, and there was a a minister there that was uh, their guest that night, prayed for her, and broke that power in her life. Now, that doesn't mean she can't get a headache, but what she was getting was a migraine. It was going way deeper than just a regular headache, and that was broken that night because that was a generational curse. That had come down to her. She had accepted it as normal because that's her mother and her grandmother. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about trying to trying to say, wait a minute, hello. Could there be something going on here that's not, uh, you know, it's just not normal activity? I'm not saying you can't get sick. I'm not saying there aren't issues in your life and family. I'm talking about a pattern, a reoccurring pattern of something that is clearly not of God. That's what I'm talking about here. So, not talking about looking at everything, everything's not a curse, everything's not not that kind of a problem. Now, these are, obviously, there's all kinds of activities. Anything that we do can open the door for a curse or a generational sin. So, I'm just going to go through these pretty quickly because it's not an issue of trying to fix everything Obviously, disobedience opens the door to a curse. Idolatry. The Exodus passage that I read says, don't make any carved image. Well, you know, we don't make carved images today. Uh, Very seldom do you see anybody that's got something they've carved and set it up and they bow down to it. Any image of anything. But idolatry is just as real today as it always has been. Because what idolatry is that anything that you set before God, that's sin. And that's idolatry. And money, we could have money. We could have a position. We could have whatever, anything that our heart's going after other than God. He says, I'm a jealous God, and I don't want that going on. Involvement in the occult. I hadn't really talked about that, but any kind of involvement in occult, witchcraft, sorcery, divination... Lots of areas that are out there. We're being inundated with witchcraft today through the medium of TV, movies, games on, these, on the internet that kids are playing. There's a lot of witchcraft that's, that's, that's being pushed on us, and we're not even sometimes aware of it. Dishonoring parents brings a curse. It says, your lamp will be put out. It says in Proverbs, he who curses his father or mother, um, that's not real good. Uh, illicit sex, adultery, fornication, premarital sex, homosexuality—all those open the door again for a curse or for the enemy to work in your life. Abortion, which is murder, illegitimate birth. It says in Deuteronomy 23 that back ten generations a person will not be able to enter in the house of God. Well, again, we're covered by the blood, so we're not talking about oh my gosh, I'm you know nothing can happen. No, we're we're covered by the blood, but we just need to understand a lot of times, you don't even know 10 generations back in your life. You, you have no clue what went on 10 generations. So more than likely that's in our lives. Uh, trusting in man. Jeremiah says, trust the man who trusts in man, you know, he's not going to prosper. But trust in the Lord, he's going to be blessed. So it actually brings a curse for trusting in man. Stealing and lying, obviously. Self-imposed curses, word curses, inner vows, word curses which have been spoken over you. This is an amazing deal. How many times your parents say, well, little Johnny, he's just a failure. Little Johnny, he's never going to amount to anything. Little Johnny is this, or little Johnny is that, or little Johnny is, is always dumb or whatever. You know, you're always messing up. Listen, enough of that stuff goes on in our life, and it actually cements something in us. We're supposed to be blessing and not cursing. Curses from unscriptural covenants, uh, lodge or Masonic involvement, memberships in fraternal organizations. And you can look up the scriptures of Exodus 23, 32, and 2 Corinthians. But the fact is that there's a lot of people, especially a lot of our generations, where we, we're living, we're filming this in Dallas, Texas. But the truth is, is that there are, uh, the original settlers, many of them were Masons, and they came in and established Masonic lodges and those are still here today. So a lot of our ancestors were very involved being in Masons, and people say, well, that's not that's nothing wrong with that. That was a that was a good deal. Well, it seems good, but if you get to the highest levels, you begin to realize those oaths are blood letting oaths and curses that you're pronouncing upon yourself. Legalism, obviously, brings a curse. Rebelling against authority. We probably don't have any understanding, to be honest, of how much we are not under authority and even how we don't recognize proper authority. Not tithing. Malachi says it brings a curse. Uh, But you're stealing from God. Uh, Being anti-Semitic, being against the Jews, that brings a curse. So again, what we're seeing here is that, obviously, these are things we need to work in. There's many things that we could identify here. There are a lot of things that we need to not be doing. But what we're talking about here is, is there a pattern in your life that you feel like, wow, why do I do this? Why am I predisposed this way? So once you discover yourself, then you can begin to identify that in other people. You begin to identify when you just casual conversation. You know, people will say, well, this is going on, and this is going on, and my family, this is going on. You know, you don't have to be an, a, a detective, but the reality is, remember I mean, what we're talking about hear with your natural ears, and hear with your spiritual ears. And when you're listening, you can you be used in a tremendous way. It doesn't have to be some ministry setting, just in talking to somebody and say, hey, you don't have to have that. Let me pray with you. And that's really what God wants us to do. This is Galatians three, thirteen and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, let me just explain again, try to wrap this up. People will say, well, I'm not under a curse. I'm under Jesus. Absolutely true. Jesus became a curse. His shed blood cut off the curse and the curses from our life except for one problem. If there's a family line generational thing that's coming down through the family, I have more than likely already embraced it and allowed it to enter into my life, and I have practiced it before I have ever really come to Jesus and even understand that that curse is broken. Because again, it's by faith that we believe what Jesus did. So I'm a product of my family give you an example. We were born in sin. Well, Romans says it from where? From Adam. You don't think we inherited something from Adam? We inherited a sin nature. Yeah, Jesus paid for our sin 2,000 years ago, but then why why am I still in sin? Because I was born in sin. I was born connected to Adam, and until I come to Jesus and I am born again, I've still got the lifestyle and the issues of Adam in me and through my family line. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about let's we can close the door to a lot of these activities when we understand, whoa, Jesus already done this for me. I don't have to allow that activity, that weakness, that frailty, that sin to continue dominating in my life. Again, everything's not a curse, but it could be. So got a prayer here, and um, I want to just read this prayer, and then we are going to pray. It said, Father God, I repent of the sins of my ancestors and sins of, of whatever area it could be. You may say, well, what am I doing? Well, we're confessing that even the sins of our ancestors were an abomination to God. I ask you to forgive us for all of these things, I renounce, rebuke, nullify, and cancel these curses. And we need to also ask God to forgive us for our involvement in them also. When you say, well, I've already been forgiven. Yes, you have. But what we're wanting to do is to close the door to any kind of activity that the enemy might have in our life. And so by pronouncing this, this is important, to renounce, to rebuke, to nullify, and to cancel the curse. and call it by name, curse of whatever um, that could be working in your life. I declare that the curse, the assignment of the curse, the effect is broken and canceled in my life from this day forward in Jesus' name. Now, I would also say, add in here, i want to cancel in my life and my family's life and my generations to come because we wanna cut this thing off and we can because of what Jesus has done. He went to the cross and became a curse for us so we can be free not problem free, but we can be free to be who God's called us to be. And we get to then join Him in setting the captives free. Prayer, these specific words that, that I'm praying here and that we have written here, there it's not like, oh my gosh, I've got to pray it exactly this way. No, it's, it's not. This is just a a just something to give us an idea. From this day forward, it's canceled in Jesus' name. Overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of my testimony, I love not my life unto death. I believe by faith that Jesus took my curse upon him. And now I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring a release and freedom to me and in my inner man. Now, Satan, you no longer have access to me by these curses. And we thank him. Now, again, that's, it's, it's, the prayer itself is not that important. The prayer, obviously, from our heart is important. So the point is, is that, look, we can, not only can we be free, but we can help others be free. We can begin to help others, family members and loved ones and uh, people we come in contact with, people we work with. And we can just, just in casual conversation or look at their patterns of their life, you're going to see patterns that are going through their life. And immediately it triggers in my mind, wow, that could be a curse. They don't have to live that way because Jesus became a curse for us. So when we accept Jesus, we, we get everything. The problem is not on Jesus's end, the problem is that we don't know everything that we get. We don't understand all the things, so that's why being a disciple and continue to grow is important. Because what God is trying to get us to do is he wants us to grow up into Christ-likeness. The more that I look like Christ, the more I act like Christ, the more that I can do what Christ did. And that's what he's after. We want to set the captives tree. There's nothing more enjoyable than seeing somebody released from some form of bondage. There's nothing more enjoyable than being able to pray with somebody and really and see the enemy's doorway just cut off. See the power of that enemy severed and canceled. Not because of what we've done, it's because of what Jesus has done. Jesus is paid in full. So there's nothing at all that we have to do other than believe by faith that he has done so that we get to participate with him. So what I want to do, I want to pray and help ask us that he would help us to really identify anything that would be in our lives, but help us to tune in so that we can really be like, we can tell when other things are going on that God wants to set, set other people free. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the victory of the cross. We thank you that you have become a curse for us so that, Lord, the curses, the generational sins of our forefathers, it has been broken and canceled in the name of Jesus. Help us to not only be free, but help us to be a people that can help others get free. Help us, Lord, to join in your ministry. And Lord, this is just part of it. But Lord, we wanna be used. We wanna see people set free. We wanna see people that come into the fullness of what you've paid for at the cross. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we just thank you now in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymoore.org.